it's another episode of stick a fork in it hey 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 and it's a very very special edition uh we have a extended family member for feeding tampa bay thomas vance is running the chicago marathon this coming weekend and we have his daughter jessica talking about it right f that's right yeah she's uh they've run a couple of marathons together before and uh you know it's super impressive apparently she, this is a big thing for her she she loves running she loves doing this kind of thing and it's it's really cool that thomas is doing it with her and impressive honestly you know it is so impressive if you haven't seen the video that uh, our our team put together ev clap 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 hector too um Unbelievable. I'm not going to give away his age. That's his thing. But he is definitely an in-shape guy. And uh, his daughter is the same way. And it's not only for their physical health, but it's their mental health, which I think is important, too, because that translates to us. You know, we're taking uh, care of not just the food on the table, but the additional needs. So I hope you enjoy meeting Jessica. She is an amazing young lady. Welcome, Jessica, to Stick a Fork in It. Thank you. Glad to be here. We're so excited to have you here for right this moment. You're a very big surprise. Um, where are you uh, talking to us from? Uh, I'm in Omaha, Nebraska. Nebraska. How did you end up in Nebraska? Uh, I met a guy from Nebraska. And uh -huh. uh, we met in a mutual friend's wedding when I still lived in Florida and uh, dated long distance for a little while. And then I made the move up here. Right. And the rest is history. Yeah. We've been married, uh, been together 10 years now. Oh, that's wonderful. That's awesome. So tell us how, um, how has hunger relief impacted you? It is a topic that I kind of stumbled into a little bit, obviously, um, learning more about what food relief options are out there, uh, as I kind of, um, became an adult and started to think more about learning about health and nutrition. Um, had a very uh, typical 90s kid diet growing up and, you know, lots of sugar, lots of processed foods. Uh, and as I got into my 20s and started running and started kind of trying to be on a healthier path, I started to really dig into um, learning about, you know, the right ways to eat, the good things to eat, um, making sure I was eating balanced and healthy meals. Uh, and the thing that really captured my attention through all of that was then kind of looking at the contrast of, you know, oh, I can go to McDonald's and spend you know, 20, they ran a promotion one year where it was like 25 cents for a Big Mac. And so everybody that I knew, all these college kids were going and getting, you know, sacks and sacks of Big Macs and double cheeseburgers mm -hmm. and all of that. And it was like, wow, the really cheap food is the really, is right. what everybody buys. And it's the worst thing that you can eat. There is just no nutritional value in it. Um, and just starting to realize just sort of, you have to be in a place of privilege almost to, um, be able to afford those, you know, quote unquote, better foods and some of those healthier foods and to have access to, um, things like that. And it just started to really open my eyes to food insecurity and to, um, the differences that economic levels can make, um, when it comes to making meal choices every day. So you, you did have a specific influencer as well that, uh, you know, you came across your own thoughts on, eating good food, being healthy, you know, you run for better health regularly, but you do have some influencer in your life that uh, might've gui guided you down uh, the path. Tell us about that person. 
Yep. Uh, that's my dad, Thomas Mance. Uh, so uh, as dad really became involved um, in uh, food scarcity and hunger relief, um, I started to learn a lot more too. Uh, and that really coincided with um, my own interests and journey into nutrition and into learning Um you know, what we should be eating, what we shouldn't be eating, and then just what's available to others. So um, I was able to really get a uh, front row view of how that works, what that looks like in communities, um, and really be able to gain a better understanding and um, just to realize how much insecurity is out there and and what um, how many go without. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like great minds think alike. When he started in hunger relief, you were kind of on your own personal journey. So maybe it's that's something that you inherited from him. I do have a question. You you mentioned nineties food. This is a big joke for me. It it he he was there when you were eating all the the, the processed foods and you know maybe the pop tarts or the things like that. Sometimes I mean I I do yeah. get a love for uh, peanut M and M's from him. Honestly. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Is there a specific, you know, Thomas is pretty much an open book about a lot of things. um, And he's very genuine about his work, his beliefs, what he does, but is there a specific memory around, you know, in your life or your, uh, around your table uh, that evokes in your mind when, when we're talking about your dad in this platform? Um, something that we wound up sharing and I was a little bit older, uh, but when I was in my early and mid twenties, um, we kind of, as a way to just be able to connect more frequently since I was an adult and kind of, you know, spreading my wings, um, we started getting lunch or dinner once a week. And that was a standing date. Um, and that became really important to me and to, I think both of us, because it was just that time that we made every week to talk about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were definitely some different periods that I went through in my life, uh, during that time that I was able to break those down and, and really think about things and talk to him and, um, get his insight and advice into what I should do and decisions that I should make and to kind of help me just navigate some of that. Um, so I really think a lot about those meals of just the two of us um, having that time together and, and really being intentional about making sure that we made space for that every week, no matter what was going on. Yeah, so it's really interesting, the father-daughter relationship and the many, many uh, ups and downs, just I think any parent, not necessarily father-daughter, we just happened to pass Daughter's Day, um, where you know, the time as an adult that you put in, you, it ends up becoming a, a confidant and a friend. I don't know if you felt that way, but I certainly did with my own dad. He became uh, that sounding board you could trust. who would tell you the truth at any time, but also listen. Um, it, it's a priceless relationship that uh, is just magical in the right circumstances. It really is. I, I think we are uh, tremendously alike in a lot of ways. Uh, and we laugh about that often. Um, mm-hmm. Those are little things like peanut M&Ms, but down, also just down to how we uh, see the world and the things that we find funny and um, the things that we find interesting. And uh, it's it's always very uh, it's always very valuable to me to see kind of that just connection, that interaction. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's not just my dad, but he's a great friend, too. Yeah, it's great being adults together. It is. For the most part. I mean, I loved it. Um, so, you know, you talk about those meals that you guys were lunch or dinner. Is there a favorite food that you guys would share together, not including peanut M&M's? Fries. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. She is his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
you could offer that one a gourmet meal, but he'd rather have Five Guys cheeseburger. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. We, we went to Five Guys a lot. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, so was it with the burger or the fries? Or it was both. 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 Um, and then the food you crave. Now, we're breaking away from your dad for a minute. Let's talk about you for a second. What is that food that you crave? Is there a meal, you know, uh, you know, a type of cultural food that you crave? Oh, gosh. I uh, I have a terrible sweet tooth. <laughs> Um, and that, that I have to work very hard to not indulge all of the time. Um, but probably donuts, anything chocolate, um, I will devour all of it. Um, our kind of ritual right now, when I do my long run on Saturdays, uh, my husband will go to Dunkin' Donuts while I'm out running. So when I get home, I have my favorite, my two favorite donuts waiting on the and counter. What are, what are those? A glazed donut and a, um, sugar, uh, powder, Powdered sugar coated jelly donut. Wow, nice. Well, motiv- girl, you dive in, but you earn it, right? I do. <laughs> it's it's really has to be like a I, <laughs> I need to be out there for a while for me to justify coming home and <laughs> and just mowing down on a couple of donuts. <laughs> I know. You know, the donuts thought we of course we have Dunkin' Donuts here, but what you I don't think you have out there, which I know you don't, but you might miss is Publix. Oh, I my husband makes fun of me because every time we go home we have like one of the first things that I have to do is, is go to Publix. Yeah. If you know, you know, it's one of those things. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he's lived in Florida, so he kind of gets it, but he doesn't quite get the same, <laughs> same depth. It's Publix. We're back where Publix are. That's when I go on vacation. I come back and I'm like, whew, whew. but what made me think about that is the donuts because the Publix glazed mm-hmm. donuts Girl, <laughs> if they're fresh and one of those six packs comes in my house, it is all I can do not to eat the box uh-huh. and hurt somebody if they touch it. <laughs> yeah. They're so like the texture, the flavor, all of it is like the very best part. Oh, donuts. <laughs> I still have a Publix. I can go get some donuts. We'll send you some. Yeah. We'll have your dad bring you some. <laughs> and why he's bringing you some, let's get into that. Um so you've run, you run, you've run for a long time. This is for your better health, your mental health. Tell us why and how long you've been a runner. Sure. Um, so I was not super active growing up. I was the kid that would get the note to get out of gym class um, and just was never into sports or anything. Uh, but in my early 20s, I guess when I was maybe 22 or 23, um, I went through a bad breakup and there was a little park next to the apartment that I lived in at the time that just had a little track around it. Um, and I worked with a couple runners. So they convinced me to put get some cheap running shoes and just start, you know, walking and running. Um, and I just really developed a love for it. So I started out with a few 5Ks, um, started to meet other crazy people who ran a lot who's, you know, it's like, I didn't really know marathons existed. It's like, oh, oh, interesting. That's a thing. People people want to run that far like that. Wow. I could never That's do where that. I am. That's where I need your help. But it, it, it becomes, I feel like it's a, a gradual addiction. I started with five K's and I was like, Oh, I could, maybe I could do a 10 K, you know, I could go that far. And then I ran a half and I thought, Oh man, look at those people that are running the marathon while I'm running this half marathon. I, I want to try that. I'll just do one. And then after that, it's like, well, I just want to do another one and be a little better. And, um, so it's been, uh, over, a decade now, probably 15, closing on 20 years of running. And um, I do it with varying levels of amount. I usually do about a marathon a year, but um, just always kind of run regardless, just for my own mental health and staying fit. Um, 
it's my favorite thing to be out in the mornings before the sun is up and just kind of having that quiet part of the day, or I have some friends that I run with sometimes and it's just always a nice way to, to kick off a day. Obviously something you and Thomas both share the early mornings. Yeah. yeah uh, I come by that honestly too. <laughs> I, know. So wow. is, I don't know. Do you send him emails at four in the morning? <laughs> Uh, well, since we're an hour behind y'all, so, um, so maybe. <laughs> oh, are, no, yeah. no, no, no. Um, but I am, I'm, I don't get up quite as early as he does, but I am guilty of the, uh, up at, you know, four thirty or five and, um, sometimes working a little bit at that time, but I have teammates all over, so it's less weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're all here. I know it's four thirty when he's sitting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, that's okay. That's okay. Getting up, getting it done. Another thing that you guys have, it's so genetics is so funny that you have in common. So how, I mean, I know you run all the time, but there's, um, there's preparation. There's thought that goes into being able to complete a marathon. Uh, What is your training program? Like, how do you do it? I've done it a few different ways over the years. So um, you can, there are a lot of free resources online that um, different running coaches over the years that have put together plans that say, you know, here's a 16 week or an 18 week plan. And it will tell you, um, you know, run this many miles each weekday. And then here's your long run on the weekend. Um, Here's a speed workout you should do. Uh, After I did, I started with those um, just kind of figuring out because I didn't know what I didn't know and didn't know what the heck I was doing. And then I spent several years working with coaches. Um, There are a lot of great online resources. So I worked with a lot of coaches that um, were kind of all over the country, but that were professional runners themselves. And a lot of them do that um, as kind of their side hustle and the way they actually make money Uh um, and learned a lot that way. So same thing, different training plans, but you're kind of doing it continuously throughout the year. So it's not just for one event. It's more of, you know, you're, you're going to run this marathon a year from now. But uh, we're going to start now by building that base and kind of, you know, taking into account my goals and things like that. Um, This training cycle is a little bit different. I decided to kind of go uh, off on my own. I feel like I've run enough now that I kind of know what works for me, what doesn't, what kind of mileage I should be running. Uh, And one of my best friends is a running coach. So uh, I've had her in my my back pocket as my, uh, I'm not really sure about this. So this feels a little weird or what do you think? And, um, but otherwise, yeah. So I've just um, kind of put in the miles and out there every day. That's amazing. You know, we've been promoting this week that, you know, you and your dad are running the Chicago Marathon. We have this super cool video that we'll link in the description for the podcast. But when you come into race day, do you guys have... Well, first of all, you've run a marathon with your dad before. Yes, it has been a long time. Uh, it was 2012. <laughs> so it's yeah. it's been a minute, uh, but we ran the Disney Marathon together. I, uh, I heard that's a fun one. It's got cool stops. Cool. Yes. No? We, had, we had some varying opinions. Um, <laughs> I think dad and I did not love it as much as a lot of people do, just because there's a lot of bottlenecks. But um, wow. it was pretty cool running through Cinderella's Castle. Um, and running through some of the other parks and just seeing the different sites. It was a very different way to, to experience Disney, which was kind of neat. Very, very cool. So on that race day, do you guys have like a routine to prep for it when you're in town? For instance, you're going to Chicago. Mm-hmm. You're coming in town. Is it you get up in the morning? It's race day. How do you prepare? Um, it's basically how you prepare for every long run leading up to it. So, um, you know, every 
Uh, we both do our long runs on Saturdays. So that Saturdays um, and that Friday night are kind of a dress rehearsal every week. So we're figuring out, you know, what are we eating? What's working well? Um, how much nutrition do we need to take in? How much hydration? Uh, I've been um, giving dad a lot of grief about how he needs to drink more water, more electrolytes. Uh, he's with Florida being so hot and humid. It gets pretty bad here, but it hasn't been quite as persistently bad uh, as Florida has been this year. So um, that's all kind of a dress rehearsal. So, you know, race day comes and it's get up and have that bagel with peanut butter and um, maybe take a banana with you, have a cup of coffee, um, get some water and electrolytes in and then get down to the, the race course and get into our corrals and it's time to go. Wait, do you guys train to, tr do you pace together? Is it no. something? No. We'll, we'll run. We both have different time goals. So um, we'll kind of start together, but um, ultimately won't run the whole thing together. Okay. Got you. And then meet each other at the end. I, it fascinates me. I got to tell you, this completely fascinates me. Um, so, you know, you talked about coaches and training and the importance of the different timelines. You know, do you have, if somebody just even wants to start, running like it's a goal but they haven't like pulled that trigger yet or they're you know for me I'm I'm kind of afraid of it to be honest with you what advice do you have um for someone who wants to have that goal who wants to first start running then maybe a 5k then may you know and kind of gradually go up like that any advice yeah um I think the biggest thing that I see in folks who want to start running and maybe find some challenges is that is is doing too much too soon um and going out too hard so then it feels really hard. It feels really self-defeating. Um, you might get an injury because you just want to go out and run all the miles at once and um, maybe push right. yourself too hard. And that I think is the biggest thing is that there's always that burnout because it's a new thing and I'm going to go do this and I'm going to be a great runner and I'm going to go out every day and you know run all the miles. Um, there are a lot of great programs and apps now. Um, like there's Couch to 5K is a really popular one. Oh. And that really helps. Uh, you know, you can put in and say, I have a, I want to do a 5k at this point, And that will really help you and say, you know, today you're only going to go a mile and you're not even running the whole thing. You're going to walk, run it. And then, you know, the next day you'll go out and maybe it's a mile and a half and, um, starting slow and measured is really the biggest way to, um, achieve consistency and to also get your plate, get yourself to a place where it is enjoyable because it's always going to be hard in the beginning. Um, my husband hates running. He's tried a lot of times and that's never something that's uh, been enjoyable for him. But um, if you keep at it and it's something that you are really dedicated to and that really matters to you, you'll get to that point where it is something that is fun and feels good uh, and kind of has all those um, those runner high and good moments and and something that you can really keep doing forever. How do you uh, how do you choose which marathons you want to do? Like, yeah, I know this one's obviously uh, out of out of state for you and for and for your dad. Like, how do you pick which ones you you guys like? Uh, so I think it depends. Um, I try because these tend to be trips. Um, I try to make some a little lower lift, um, and a little cheaper so that I can justify, um, going on what's essentially a running vacation, um, to my husband. So like last year I ran Des Moines, which is only a couple hours away for us. We could drive. It's very easy, um, in and out. And then kind of every other year we'll do a bigger race. So Chicago, um, is obviously a bigger one. Uh, I ran California international marathon a few years ago which is in Sacramento. Um, so that was a great opportunity to make a bigger vacation, go to San Francisco for a few days. So some of it's location, um, where would we like to spend some time? And then some of it's also just the race itself. Like what are the 
I like ones where there's a ton of crowd support because I really need that. And <laughs> I need to not think about how far I'm running and how tired I am. I feel like I need things to to look at and be like, oh, people are cheering. This is great. I need that energy. Um, so some of it's that, you know, what are they going to be the big, uh, the big races, the ones that have the great courses that are really pretty or that are just, um, you know, well put together and things. Uh, so I kind of have a bucket list of, of races that I look at every year and, and think about what I want to do. And then your husband doesn't run and he gets to have the great vacation. Yep. Uh, he has the, the hard work on race day of spectating and kind of making sure that he's getting from point A to point B and um, so that he can be where he wants. Yeah, to, right. yeah, to turn me on and um, and then has to kind of, you know, help take care of me afterwards. And yep. um, but then, yeah, he's usually walking a lot better than I am on vacations. Uh, going to San Francisco after a marathon was a challenge with all those. Ooh, wow. Not my best thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's another learn by experience moment uh-huh. in your life, right? Like yep, yeah. that was uh, going halfway down a hill and going, we have to go back. Yeah. I can't go like <laughs> I physically cannot walk down this hill. That's where that's where <laughs> his uh, his hard part comes in. He's carrying. Uh, yeah, it's like we we gotta we just gotta go back up. Maybe yeah. take an Uber. I just can't. <laughs> right. It's funny. I say taxi. Taxi. She says Uber. Yeah. Yeah. Or trolley. I guess if you're in San Fran. <laughs> yeah, we did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't hop on the trolley. You can't hop on the trolley. So is Chicago one of your bucket lists, or is this kind of influenced by your dad's schedule this time? I actually, um, I ran Chicago in 2018 and it's probably my favorite marathon to date. Um, it's just a great course. It's a great city. You know, it's easy to navigate. It's fun to go to for a few days. So, uh, I had, and it's lottery based if you're not fast enough to qualify, which I definitely am not. Um, so I got in on the lottery and, uh, decided to do it this year. And that kind of worked out perfectly with, um, what dad was thinking for when he wanted to run his next one and Chicago, obviously being a great spot for him. So it's kind of stars aligned for this one. It really did. When you say it's a great course, what, what constitutes a great course for you? Uh, it has one, it's interesting. So it goes through almost all the neighborhoods in the city. So there's, and because it's an older race and a very popular one, there are bands out there, are, you know, fans that have set up to spectate for 20 years and they've got, uh, this is the 45th year that the race is running. So there are people oh, wow. that have been doing this their whole lives and that, you know, they set up these great, um, great places to spectate. And so there's just a lot of energy. It's not super hilly. Um, I am still a flat Florida girl at heart. So the, the Midwestern Hills are still not great for me. So the fact that Chicago is pretty flat um, is is pretty nice. Uh, and, you know, it's usually also pretty good weather. Um, mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. It looks a little like it might be a little hot this year. But uh, yeah, so it's just nice. It's easy to get to the start line. Um, you're not, you know, it's not like New York where you have to take a plane, train, an automobile kind of thing to navigate it. You can just walk from your hotel. So we'll be able to walk over to the start line on race morning. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, all those things just kind of make for a, a great race and um, an enjoyable experience. Well, here's hoping that weather's perfect and their run is everything that they've worked hard for. Thanks to Jessica for joining us and stopping her day and wishing Thomas and Jessica and the running team at Northern Illinois Food Bank just the best day ever. We're cheering for you, uh, praying for you. Get it. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok at Feeding Tampa Bay.